Good day, everybody, and welcome back to the Coach's Plan Podcast. Bienvenue et rebonjour au podcast Plan Coach. I'm your co-host, P.L. Savoie, and we have a great episode for you guys today. She's your UNB Reds women's hockey team head coach. Please help me welcome Coach Sarah Hillworth. Nice to formally meet you. Uh, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you taking your time uh, to be here with us. Um, I don't know if you, you've watched any of the Coach uh, NB podcast before. Um, yeah, I've watched a couple. Oh, exactly. Perfect. That's awesome. I like to hear that. But uh, essentially what uh, we, we like to do during the podcast is, you know, spotlight uh, on, on the coach or guest that we have uh, uh, during the episode. Uh, we'd like to learn a little bit uh, either about their ideologies or their methods of, of how, how they got to where they are or, or they're just, you know, their passion for, for their sport that they're in. And then at the end of the day, we also just like to have some fun. We just like to, you know, joke around and, and have a good, you know, kind of informal, formal conversation type thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just um, to start things off, I just like to, you know, maybe for people who, who could be listening in or, or may not know you as well as, as, as uh, some people in the coaching community do, um, maybe, you know, tell us, tell us a story. Where, where are you from and uh, what, uh, what got you into coaching and, uh, you know, what maybe what sports in general you played growing up and things like that. And uh, just give us a yeah. little bit of insight on uh, who, who Sarah Hillworth is. Yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm uh, originally from Vancouver. So I've gone from the West Coast to the East Coast here. Um, so I grew up in inner city Vancouver, East Van. Um, nice. You know, it was a little tough part of town, but, you know, we made it we made it work. And I mean, it's all gentrified now and East Van's the, the cool pe- place to be. But um I was lucky that my parents lied about our address. So we went to school on the West side. And so had a really good childhood, was able to play lots of sports and, you know, stay out of trouble and uh, made sure that we had the structure we needed to be successful. And uh, I went to Lord Tennyson elementary. And I think that's where my love of coaching really started. I always joke in grade two, I think it was, I used to go around, um, to all the little kids um, in my class, especially the girls, they didn't know how to play sport. And that's all I knew and love. And they were, they loved to draw and do crafts and, you know, play with toys and stuff. And I was just like, give me a ball and I'm good to go. <laughs> um, so I would go around and I would draw uh, little drills and stuff on my like duotangs and um, make sign up sheets. And I'd tell the girls, bring a ball. Uh, next lunch and I'd go and I'd run clinics at lunch for these girls so I'd have people to play with at lunch and have some fun there so I think that's kind of where my my love of sport kind of kind of started and love of coaching and I used to get in trouble because I wouldn't get very good marks on these drawings and I'd be like what like what do you mean it's not creative and they're like there's no color and I'm like (laughs) but I have to add some color to the grass and stuff but (laughs) I thought they were super creative and and in hindsight it's very creative so uh going through high school um well I guess elementary into high school I played every sport under the sun basketball volleyball soccer but I really drew to love hockey as much as my parents did not want me to play hockey. They It was an expensive sport, and uh, my mom worked at a liquor store, and she traded a whole bunch of um, wine that she was gifted, very, very expensive wine, to a, 
uh, a hockey store to trade for gear. So that's how I got my first gear was my mom trading $200-$300 bottles of wine uh, to the to Larry's Sporting Goods on the North Shore uh, to get some gear. So I had mismatched gear, a Cooperall helmet, um, Winwell gloves, but I thought it was just the best. I had white helmet, blue pants, uh, red gloves, like it was just like, but I thought it was so cool. And uh, I finally was able to convince them to let me play. They had me in figure skating from the very start. And they told me they were trying to get me not to like hockey, but put me in figure skating. And then I did one little competition when I was five years old and they, the instructor came up to my mom and was like, look, I know she likes to be on the ice, but she is not a figure skater. She's a hockey player. So that was, my mom was kind of humming and hawing a little bit there. And then um, they took me to a ringette game. And I remember this vividly. I jumped up looked over the boards for maybe three seconds. I jumped back down and I looked at her. I said, read my lips. I want to play hockey. <laughs> and so finally, when I was six years old, I won the battle. She was really, I was a rough and tumble kind of kid. So she was naturally worried I'd get hurt, but I just fell in love with the sport. I loved putting the equipment on. I just loved getting out there and, and just getting better and being in the backyard every day and shooting pucks. It was just I just loved it. It was just my happy place. So I'm very lucky that we were able to, to afford it growing up and, you know, just doing other stuff like playing soccer and, and, and baseball. So, you know, it didn't kill my love of hockey too. They made sure I had uh, balance and, you know, even, even those sports, I, I, I truly do love. And, um, you know, even now I think baseball is probably my one true love. I, I absolutely adore that sport. So I was very lucky to come from a, a very active family, one that, you know, very much encouraged my brother and I to be in sport. And, you know, even through high school, I coached, helped coach teams there, uh, played on teams there, and then um, ended up getting a scholarship to the University of Alberta, um, where I played wow. five years. My second year, we won a national championship. Um, Which, uh, and, what position did you play, if you don't mind me asking? I was a forward. Forward, center, right wing, yeah. left wing? wherever I would get the most playing time, to be honest. <laughs> right on. The passion kept going. I like it. Yeah, exactly. I remember, I think it was my third year and how he looked at me. He's like, Hilly, can you play center? I said, yeah. <laughs> I got out there <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just found someone in the defensive zone stuck with him and I faked it till I made it. So yeah, I was a winger growing up for the most part, but I, I could play anywhere. I just wanted to be on the ice as much as possible. I was, in that way, I was kind of a coach's dream because I would just say yes, and I would just get out there and figure it out. So, um, yeah, so I, I played there for five years. We won a national championship at uh, St. FX, actually, which is, I love that rink for some reason. <laughs> Good <laughs> memories there. Um, so we uh, we won in my second year. I ended up captaining uh, my final year. Um, I ended up playing 100 games. In my 100th game, I got my 100th point all time. Um, so that was really exciting. And about, I don't know, a few shifts later, I went out, blocked shot, shattered my kneecap. And oh, wow. that was the end of my hockey career. Yeah. So as, you know, elated as I was and, you know, a lot of good things were starting to happen. I was having contracts to Europe kind of floating my way. And I had a lot of ambition to continue playing the sport that I love. Um, it kind of came crashing down all at once. So, um, I didn't know what to do. I was kind of like every 
you know, university hockey player at the end of their career, not knowing necessarily what to do without that structure and identity. Um, and I ended up joining Howie on his bench. So I went from playing right to coaching. So I coached at University of Alberta for two years. We won a Canada West championship in my second year, which was awesome. Um, one of my my favorite highlights of coaching for sure. Um, then I went and started a small program uh, in the ACAC in Alberta in Olds, which is about an hour just outside of Calgary. So I went, This it's kind of funny to go from inner city Vancouver and now I'm in a small town agricultural Alberta where, you know, in the morning I have to go open the rink, turn the lights on, uh, get the ice ready for the girls at five o'clock in the morning. Meanwhile, we're right next to uh, an auction yard where just some of the sounds you'd get from there of the moms and the babies getting separated with the cows. I'm like, holy smokes, where am I? <laughs> I remember my first day, I didn't have an office yet. They weren't... Uh, they didn't had it finished yet. So I was at Tim Hortons and a horse went through on the drive-through and I was like, where am I? This is just wild. So it really challenged me as a coach being in, in that environment, just as a program, you know, University of Alberta, we had every program that you could imagine that you could offer. And I went to a school where there was jockey riding program or a farrier riding program. There was a business program, which was definitely my saving grace, but you know, when it's very much agricultural based programs, I'm like, well, if I can sell this program to anyone, then I can sell it, you know, give me a, a bigger program and I can sell anything to them. So <laughs> uh, two years into that gig, I applied to the job out here, which was just the program was getting reinstated and I applied for it and I ended up getting it. So I've been here seven years now, which is wild. And my wife and I were talking about that the other day that We've been together for 10 years. You know, we've been married for four years now. We just welcomed a baby girl into our life, but it's just wild to think that we've been here for seven years. It's, it's, it's crazy how fast time passes and, you know, it's been the best, best years of my life being out here. I absolutely adore Fredericton. The Maritimes is just where my heart's at now. The program we've built is something that I'm super proud of. And, you know, it's something that I'm, especially this year being on mat leave, it's kind of cool to take an objective view um, of the program and see where we can go next, but also just to be a fan. These women are just incredible in what they do. Just not just our program, but you know, you watch across the league and there's some there's such talented hockey players in our league and our conference that it's just fun to watch and cheer people on and, and, you know, see them do well and, you know, not be, have the stresses of being a coach you know, and the ups and downs and the headaches and the heartaches that kind of come with it sometimes. But um, it's been great. Like, I, it's crazy how sport has given me everything in my life. It's given me my wife. It's giving me our child. It's given me my job. You know, it's taking me across the country. It's taking me into Europe. Like, it's it's pretty cool how sport can be a vehicle for life if if you just kind of say yes to opportunities as they come your way. So, yeah, going from an inner city Vancouver kid to, you know, living, I think the dream on the East Coast, it's kind of cool. It's um, definitely uh, uh, just another chapter in, in our book, for sure. Well, it's definitely cool to hear. And thank you for sharing those nice tidbits of insight are definitely uh, really cool to hear. Uh, you, uh, you're you not behind the bench this year. And you said you uh, you can kind of take an objective view at, uh, at at the team, how how do you uh, how do you say the team is currently performing or just generally uh, uh, standing at the at the university level? 
Yeah, they're doing great. Uh, they just fell out of first place. It's so tight right now, our conference. It's so balanced this year, and anyone can beat anyone, I think. And uh, we've been very lucky to kind of be at the front uh, this whole time, but St. FX just beat us the other day and ended up taking over first place. So, you know, I think that I think there's two weeks left and, you know, it's going to be down to the wire. Who's going to tie up first place, but uh, the girls have been doing awesome. You know, they, I think we've built a really good culture where, you know, stepping away, I knew that they would be able to, the, the leaders and the, and the players coming back, we're going to be able to take what we've built and really, you know, continue to build a program that we're all proud of and, you know, continue that excellence that is expected here at UMB. So, uh, yeah, we have three players that are one, two, three in scoring right now at the top of the league, which we've never had before. Um, our goaltending duo is as strong as ever uh, with Cassie McCallum and Kendra Woodland are just doing fantastic in net. And um, we have the top goal scorer or sorry, defensive player um in terms of points uh we have her too and we have the the uh top rookie right now and she's in in second place in scoring in the league so you know in terms of just an overall view and if you look in um they're doing pretty good i i i knew that they could do well and i wasn't expecting them to take a step back and i think a lot of people did think that we would take a step back seeing as we lost you know, nine of our core players last year, you know, the ones who helped start the program with me and have been with me from day one. So um, I think a lot of people expected to kind of take a pause or step back, but they've just continued moving forward and got a very determined group and one that just, you know, winning two AUS back-to-backs, they're hungry for more. They want, they want to see that three-peat and it's easy to look down the hallway and see what they're doing down there. And it, it, it fires you up and motivates you and, uh, you know, we want to be known as a UMB hockey school, not UMB men's or UMB women's doing well. We want to be known Gardner and I as, you know, UMB as hockey, right? Yeah. So. No, that's awesome to hear. And I had the, uh, the, you know, the honor and opportunity to, uh, to have a quick, uh, podcast episode with Gardner, uh, last season there and got some of his, uh, nice philosophies and uh, sport philosophies oh, as well. Great. He's an awesome, yeah. uh, an awesome guy. And, uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, we're glad to have you on this season and get some of your insight as well. And it's, it's nice to hear, like you said, uh, university, uh, UNB being, a, you know, a hockey, uh, a hockey school as a general, as a whole. And, um, yeah, well, I just... mean, you know what I say that, but our our women's basketball team's been killing it too, right? So well, I think yeah, well, a, a good a good sports a good sports university, a good as sports a whole. school, yeah. For sure. yeah I, I think selfishly, Gardner and I want to be known. <laughs> in school, I think our basketball programs and you know the other teams definitely want to say something about that, but definitely yeah, want to shout out the women's basketball team. Aaron's, you know, someone who stepped in into big shoes that Speedy left. Um, and Aaron stepping in, like what a job she's done, like just kudos to her and a big shout out to her team and how they've performed for sure. Yeah, we have, uh, I think, uh, some good gymnastics uh, uh, athletes as well from the, the, the program. Uh, I think went to Canada Games and won a couple of gold or sil- bronze medals over there, or silver medals. I don't recall exactly. So I know we have yeah. uh, some cool athletes all across the board. I just, uh, you know, we're going to, yeah. we tend to cater to hockey at the moment since uh, due to the, the topic of the, uh, of the podcast. But yeah, no, generally uh, speaking, um, you know, what would you say positive impacts 
the PWHL has had on, on women's hockey as a whole, um, maybe oh, yeah. at, at a university level as well, but just as, you know, as a whole, I'm, I'm glad to see that it's, you know, it's, it's taken fruition. I, I grew up with two sisters. They both played hockey and they both uh, skated and they both had that drive and ambition, but, you know, uh, not having maybe role models at that point to, to look up to, or maybe even not even role models, but just to even an idea of a blueprint path to take to continue on to the sport, um, you know, is something that uh, I'm glad that is, you know, taking a lot more uh, improvement over the years. So I just like to get your insight on, on, yeah. on that aspect. It's true, though. Like, if you can see it, you can be it. If you don't have that role model, it's hard to it's hard to think that maybe I could do that one day. I yeah. remember in grade eight, we had to write letters to ourselves of, um, you know, we're going to get these letters back in grade 12. And in my le letter, which was completely misspelled, like I couldn't spell it. Sorry. No worries. I'll bleep it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, it, it said, I hope you get a scholarship in something. Right. And, and I just didn't, I didn't know. I knew that sport was going to take me somewhere and I just didn't know that I wanted to be hockey, but I didn't really, even, you know, that was 15 years ago. I didn't really think that that could be something for me. Right. So I mean, it, it, I think there's just such a power. I saw a sign the other day. It said, um, if I if I knew there was a league, I would have tried harder, which I think that's, I mean, that just kind of proves the point itself, right? Like if, if you can see it, you can be it. And if it's something that you're excited for as, as a young girl, like even young boys, I think just we need to start championing women in sport, right? And I think there's like the NWSL and WNBA have done like a, a, just a phenomenal job down in the States. Right. But there's nothing really here in Canada. And I think Canada is synonymous with, with hockey. So I think for a long, a lot of young Canadian boys, they're going to start really looking up to a Mary Philip Poulin or Jesse Eldridge or, you know, Debian, Hillary Knight. There's just so many stars in our game that just aren't necessarily being showcased. And I think it's exciting for young girls to be like, wow, like that's cool. And that's my favorite player. And I want to be like her one day, but for young boys too, like there's nothing wrong with a young boy wanting to champion a woman, just like we do for the men. If you ask a lot of girls right now, who's your favorite players, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, Jake yeah, Allen. No, that's a, definitely a great, yeah, did, you know, point to add and, and a, yeah. you know, a way to look at it. I mean, another thing that I think, think that is, is kind of uh it's nice to to demonstrate to to kids as a whole at, at a young age is that there's so much more to sport than what we see on the surface like everybody thinks of yeah definitely we want to play we want to be in the action and not, without a doubt if you know follow your dreams and keep going but uh you know unfortunately things happen and, and different pathways happen you know, as you said yourself you were super passionate about the sport and you know unfortunate injury caused you to go a different route but you still mm -hmm. stayed in the realm of sport and like you said didn't even know what to kind of do after that in the realm of sport i think it's an, important to demonstrate to to show the people at a young age that you know you can still be involved in sport without necessarily being you know the high performance athlete you can be the trainer the coach the the, the social media coordinator you know anything that involves you know getting the whole machine rolling i think is a very important aspect that you know like you said there's so many opportunities that come from sport that we don't even get to to that we don't yeah. consider uh, unless you you think of the high performance athlete
especially as women right like a lot of those positions yeah. that you just said are reserved for men because they're in the men's game and they you know some sports have welcomed women you know you see um katie sowers you know with i think she's still with san francisco 49ers um but you know they're in football you know becky hammond was with uh, Sacramento for a number of years and, and more and more women are seeing in the NBA. Right. But I think that there's just not as many opportunities to have a career in sport as there are for men. Right. And I don't know if sport is necessarily always set up for women, you know, to, to balance family and, and doing sport. Cause it is, there is a lot of demand on you and, and you're away from your family and it, it's trying to balance all those kind of things. So I think we're going to see a shift in work-life balance, I think across sport um, and, and just seeing, you know, the demand on coach or people involved in the programs, how can we make sure that women are supported and getting opportunity um, to have these jobs, both in the men's side and the women's side, I think it's just going to continue to create, um, lanes for development and we're going to see more people shifting back over like Danielle Marmer um, she was with Boston Bruins for a number of years and now she's on the women's side right Corey Chevry was on the men's side for a number of years now she's back on the women's side so I think that there's just more opportunity that are just going to come more and more for women in sport which I think is just going to make the sport even even better and for a lot of girls like you said like oh I can do this I can continue in sport I don't have to just be an athlete I can also be this or that and continue my passion with you know whatever that kind of looks like yeah uh you know from uh, I tend I'm a, a huge uh passionate person for sports but certain sports I'm more of a fan uh, and yeah. to some instances, which I think even there, uh, can you can see some people follow like you like you said like if there's a blueprint for uh to see someone being a, a fan of volleyball, not if they're not necessarily playing the sport, maybe like you said they can do something else in the sport if they they're really you know keen on kinesiology or, or learning about education then end up wanting to go you know training the training route or an, another route that still involves maybe some sort of passion uh, in in their sport so that's uh yeah, yeah. definitely and it's cool to see uh like you said some oh i lost you there oh how about now yeah i can hear you now i accidentally hit this button i think oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so what i was saying was essentially it's cool to see that there's definitely more opportunities uh being put out there for for young for young girls and for just girls as a whole uh, across the board to be able to follow these blueprints and, and paths that like you said if you can see you can be and i honestly really like that uh that motto so um yeah yeah How cool though like it's just like that pwhl is i know i, I just that... think it's so cool like it's just so neat to see these women on tv i'm just like i think i've cried almost every game being like this is so cool and you know I've played against some of those players like Howie Draper was my coach um Carla McLeod is a really good friend of mine and it's just like I just am like fangirling over them I just think it's it's just so cool to see people that I believe in and I know that their heart is in it for the right reason for these women it's just so cool. I, I just love it. I think it's just such a cool thing for, and if I think that's cool, I, I couldn't even imagine what a young girl like yeah. looks up to, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. I, uh, 
I can't, like I said, begin to describe how much it, it must feel, uh, you know, being a young boy, not, how would I put this, being a young boy growing up and kind of visualizing, I could, I could, even if I didn't necessarily want to get there at some point, or if I did want to get there, I could at least see how the how could was at least and now knowing that girls growing up can at least have that how is oh, yeah. is tremendous and and like you said the the opportunities that are being uh, brought to them at that high level and i even in in the maritimes too i had the opportunity to to watch a couple of uh, the mwba uh basketball games and like mm-hmm. the quality of sport that is being played there as well is like it's 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 sport like it, we, oh, we yeah, often time good. like like you said we 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 go through the, through the this and that it's it's just it's really good sport at the end of the day it, it's it's cool to watch it's cool to see and and like i said having that how and having a, a pathway uh, that you can potentially you know if you want to you can uh yeah. the kind of mindset is very is very cool and very inspiring to see that uh oh, you know, yeah. younger audiences can take a Take first well, how many young boys and their parents think that their boy is going to the NHL? Yeah, <laughs> you know the U11, U13 parents are all over it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it's you know there's like what one percent maybe maybe from like this region might go right, but they all believe that there's an opportunity, there's a chance, right? They can if see I it, work yeah. really really hard, maybe you know, and for I bet you those girls they would. I never even said that I was going to the NHL because I knew that that wasn't going to happen. Right. But now, yeah, like I might go to the PWHL if I really, really work hard and I could be like Poulin one day. And yeah, I think that that's going to be a game changer for our sport. Like it's already growing and growing and growing. You look here in Fredericton, you know, when I first got here, there's one team in the girls um, hockey group here um, in the association and, I joined the board and when I left, there was 11 teams and they've even grown it to like, I think 13 or 14 this year. It's just, it's, it's exploding. We don't have enough rinks and ice here um, for the demand of girls hockey. So it's just so cool and it's so exciting. And even you look at Cape Breton, you know, that rink's coming back just for girls hockey. So I think we're going to see more and more things like that where, the game's just going to grow. It's going to get bigger and and it's going to be more exciting to see. Hopefully, you know, we get another Maritimer, we get another Blair Turnbull coming out or Jill Saunier, like that would be, or, you know, even Sarah Bujold be pretty epic for sure. Wassano yeah. is, or uh, I can never say her name, but she's from up North. She's fantastic goalie. There's just so many, like it's, it's pretty cool for sure. We also have uh, we have a Courtney uh, Courtney Charlong uh, com- from up north in speed skating currently competing at the Youth Olympics in uh, oh, really? Asia at the moment. Yeah, so we have uh, we have some cool, cool yeah we have some cool talent coming out of coming out of these neck of the woods. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's awesome. Got to get some insight on uh, on how you 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 got to where you are today and and some cool uh, philosophies on uh, your sport and women's sport as a whole, but one kind of tidbit I'd like to touch on uh, for this episode as um, currently coach New Brunswick for the 2023-2024 season, we have a cool program called the wellness program out. And I don't know if you've heard of it or not. 
No, I don't uh, think so. So essentially, it's just a program that uh, helps felicitate the kind of harmony between, you know, like you said a while ago, the work-life balance and the um, the the coach-life balance. So we kind of tried to change the lingo. Uh, I had a, a cool uh, podcast last uh, month with uh, Rene Matt from the UNB, and then she was saying like the the work-life harmony uh, between coaching and um you know, all aspects of life, you know, parenting, kids, and just admit, making sure that maybe it's not a 50-50. It might not be 50-50 work, 50, 50, like 50 work, 50% home. It might be 50 work, 50 home, 50, you know, yourself, or sorry, 10% yourself. It might be a little bit more fragmented than than we would have perceived before. And this month, uh, the, the kind of the little uh, uh, activity we have coaches doing is, is setting daily intentions for themselves. And going back to that, would you have any maybe advice uh, for, uh, you know, younger coaches or maybe your, yourself uh, in the past of how maybe setting daily intentions or uh, just advice as a whole of how they could manage, you know, stress or just different aspect of coaching in, in their day-to-day lives? Yeah. Um, I feel like since, like, becoming a mom, like, I- I've definitely seen my prior like I prioritize things differently even last year when I was pregnant like I definitely had to prioritize things because I was so tired all the time um so I definitely you know started seeing myself having to um make daily goals um you know what's important now um all that kind of stuff um I've I've created this uh form um of what I need to do monthly. So I have all my months blocked off. So what, what do I have to accomplish this month? Um, and then what do I have to accomplish, you know, this week, this week, this week, and this week, and what do I have to do daily? So it could be daily check-ins with players, you know, it could be depending on the time of the year. Um, I have to do individual meetings. Um, I really tried to break down where I need to go. So I don't feel like I'm scrambling. Um, and I can see, um, a timeline from January to January. Like I have the whole year set out. So I know exactly what I need to do and when. So, um, I feel like that's really helped me not get overwhelmed in terms of, Oh, I have to do this. Oh, and I have to do this and I have to do this because, you know, a lot of times for us coaches, like it's all on you. We don't necessarily always have help. Right. So, there's so much that you put on yourself and sometimes you don't need to do it right then at that moment. And I forget that all the time. And, you know, here I am at two o'clock in the morning working on something that I don't need to do for another couple months. Right. So it's, uh, I think that trying to set your year where you understand what you need to do now and what's important now really helps prioritize your time for sure. Um, and then I've tried to create, especially this year of daily habits, but things that I want to challenge myself mentally. So it's something not hockey, but it's something that I don't like to do, which is funny. Like I'm trying to really push myself to do things that just make myself uncomfortable and it kind of resets my brain. So this month I'm ice bathing every single, um, every single day. Um, yeah, so it's been great. <laughs> How's that? <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. Um, 
but uh yeah so I, I you know i'm just trying to do things that are completely outside the norm you know like even taking the dog for a walk not that i don't like doing that but i just i don't prioritize the dog i don't take her out enough so next month is take the dog every single day no matter what if it's a snowstorm is it a blizzard or whatever you have to take the dog out for a walk even if it's around the block or something so it, it's something not to do with hockey, not to do with family, you know, another month. So I've created all these months. Another month is journal every day. Um, just writing down, you know, your thoughts, your feelings, your processes, you know, what's going to be, what's on your mind, all that kind of stuff. So I've just created all these things that I think are going to be healthy habits for me that have nothing to do with anything that I do other than to challenge me mentally. Um, and it just, makes me think about something not about um what I'm doing but about myself and how I can better myself and um I think that's really helping to be honest like obviously I'm not coaching right now but I'm trying to clear my mind and be in a good place so when I do come back the players are going to get the best version of myself um and they're not going to get someone who is you know thinking about our kid or overthinking about hockey too right so um yeah I I definitely think that having a support team is important too um for coaches um whether you have a partner in your life um a dog I think having a pet is probably the saving grace to a lot of coaches because when you're with your fluffy pet that's the only thing you're thinking about is your are your fuzzy dog and my dog's sitting right here and she follows me around. But, you know, when I'm with her, you know, we're playing Frisbee or something. That's the only thing I'm thinking about is her and playing Frisbee. So it kind of clears your mind because you're going to have good days for sure, but you're going to have bad days. So, um, you know, having a, a, a psychologist to talk to, um, just having people to talk to and not internalizing everything, I think is so important um, because it is hard and you're making a lot of decisions that are affecting people, whether it's good or bad. And even as a volunteer, like it's important to have people around you that you can talk to that are going to support you and help you through um, whatever you're kind of going through. And I think earlier in my coaching career, I really didn't want to seem weak. I didn't want to seem like I wasn't doing or didn't know what I was doing. And I just kind of tried to be brave and kind of tough it out a lot of times and and it wore on me a lot and I just I panicked a lot and like I just was like am I doing this right am I not doing it right so I just created a, a network of mentors and people that I can talk to and know that I'm not going to disappoint because that was one of my biggest things you know when I first started coaching was I didn't want to disappoint Howie um you know my my coach at U of A and and he's just someone that I've always looked up to and I, I absolutely adore and you know, I, I know that he is following my coaching career, my coaching journey. And the last thing that I wanted to do was to disappoint him. Right. So I put a lot of pressure on my shoulders, but, you know, I think now it's just finding the right people who can continue to help support you. And, and I know I'm not disappointing him and I know that he is proud of me and all that kind of stuff. And we talk a lot. So, you know, there's definitely a lot of value having someone as like that father figure in your life just making sure that you're okay. But yeah, it, it's not easy. I, I think a lot of people think coaching is you just going out there, throwing a practice plan together and, you know, having fun with the girls. And, and 
you know, sometimes it is that you're having a bad day and you can kind of turn your day around by just doing that. But, you know, that's kind of 10%, maybe even 5% of my day. But I think just staying on track and having goals and having yourself held to a high standard um, and looking for excellence in everything that you do. And at the end of the day, just trying to be 1% better, I think is, is all you can really do as a coach. And a lot of times you bite off more than you could chew but if you do that you're gonna it's it's gonna bite you in the butt so um I think plan ahead prioritize collaborate talk and then listen is probably the best things that I would tell my younger self and to any young coach too awesome well thank you so much for that and uh I'll uh definitely um with with these podcasts this season we're going to try to make some uh, some quote cards from these episodes type things so if you don't mind definitely during that spiel i would like a, yeah, a, 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 a couple of those the things that i'll uh, deep, even throughout this episode i think you have so much uh, uh, great influence and so much great uh, positive impacts on on what what you're you're doing and and, and what you're uh, you're saying so i, I think uh, could definitely be uh, beneficial to 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 add value from from the from the podcast audio version and plus if uh, you know anything social media wise as well yeah um sure. thank you uh to finish things off uh with the podcast i know um is there anything that uh, you you'd like uh, I know at the moment you said you're currently on, on maternity leave, but uh, you know anything that you'd like to to shout out anybody you'd like to shout out uh, any you know family friends or any anybody like that or any, if anybody listening would like to to follow you uh, post podcast uh, you know maybe not behind the bench this season but following seasons behind the bench at UNB games but you know can they follow you on social media or anything like that. Yeah, I uh, definitely want to shout out my wife, uh, Cassidy Hillworth. She's my rock. She's my everything. And um, she's allowed me to do what I get to do every single day and and love me unconditionally. So um, and we have a, a beautiful family. So, you know, my, our little baby Gray is just the, everything to us. So definitely have to shout out her and all of our dogs. So <laughs> um, my brother, Sam. Our mother passed away uh, when I was 21 and he was 19 and he's followed me across Canada. Um, he moved in with me right away. He moved from Vancouver to Edmonton with me and he's been with me ever since. And he's another person that's a, my rock and someone, you know, if I am having a bad day, he's my cheerleader. He's my guy that I talk to and he always is able to put things in perspective and hold me accountable, but also be my biggest cheerleader. So I definitely want to shout him out. Uh, my family back in Vancouver, um, who supported me both, you know, financially, you know, giving me rides, friends and family that all did that for us growing up and, and you know, putting us, um, putting us first in a lot of, in a lot of cases, like it's just, it takes a, it takes a whole community to raise a, a child and, and we definitely came from a really good community and all my teammates back at U of A um and my coach Howie Draper um and then my team my girls at UMB like it's just an absolute pleasure to coach them I just absolutely love and adore them um they're my family they're my everything and I just I can't wait to be back behind the bench with them next year but you know it's they're just they're fantastic and I just love them to death so I definitely want to shout them out um and that you know 
I, I, I really am um, excited to, to be back in coaching. And I think one of the pieces of advice that I always give to young coaches too, is don't aim for being perfect because you're never going to attain it. And, you know, it's kind of cliche in a lot of terms, a lot of times, like people always say it, but I've always, I was always a player that was super competitive and, and really like determined. And I would, I would slam anyone's face in the mud to get what I wanted. And and I was just, you know, that kind of person that just wanted it so bad that it didn't matter what it took kind of thing. And I just aim for, for perfection, but you know, as a coach, you, you got to have your players interests first. You got to put other players and or other people in front of yourself and find that selflessness um, to serve your community. So um, as a, as a coach, you know, your job is to listen and to collaborate more than just speak, you know, whatever knowledge you have, because I think we can do a lot better by listening and collaborating and seeing what the players have in terms of insights more than just what we know. So if people want to follow me on social media, uh, I have Twitter, um, or I guess X now and Instagram, <laughs> my handles Hillworth, H I L W O R T H. Um, you know, I don't really post overly that much, mostly just highlights of the, my life and stuff of our little baby girl. But, um, I try and retweet a lot of cool posts, um, and really try and celebrate women on my, uh, on on my uh, ex account um you know i i believe in we need to do a better job as women to celebrate other women and uplift instead of tearing each other down so um that's what i try and do on that platform and and i'm a i'm a big uh rights advocate for um lbgtq uh rights and and trans children um and making sure that we're making a safe place for these people to grow up in. So, uh, that's what you'd find mostly on, on my ex account. So, uh, feel free to follow me and, and I'd love to follow you back and, and continue to share knowledge and, and wealth from my journey and, and what we're going through. Right on. Well, if anybody uh, would like to follow Sarah or coach Hillworth, uh, please do so as mentioned, uh, and please do follow her awesome coaching journey. Uh, I know I sure will for sure. And, uh, if you need any, uh, Sarah, yourself, or anybody other uh, coach listening in, if you'd like to uh, take a look at the Coach and Be uh, website, there's the full list of the current wellness program uh, support uh, wellness support program. Uh, there, there's a bunch of activities uh, for each month. They're changing activities, um, so anybody can take a look and participate in them, and they'll definitely facilitate a bunch of points that Sarah was mentioning earlier about how to manage your goals and your long and short term goals. So, Sarah, once again, definitely thank you so much for your time. Thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing. Um, if anybody, like I said, wants to follow her, go for it, and uh, we can uh, can't wait to uh, to see you behind the bench uh, next season thank you thanks for having me pair luke if you'd like to follow coach nb we are on all social media platforms and you can visit our website at coachnb.ca i'm your co-host pl Savoy. thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you next time <laughs>